Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Love With Your Dog, Panos speaking. And today I've got a question from Adam. It's a real short one today. It's how to be a good leader for your dog. And I think it's a good valid question because leadership comes in many different ways, different styles, and it's an extension of each individual. So there's two types of leadership that I'm going to talk about. I'm sure this can get broken down to many levels downwards and upwards in regards to there's so, there's so much that we can work from these two different styles of leadership. And, um, and as I said, there may not just be two, they may be broken down into each different one. So one is more about being direct and assertive. And the other one is more like engaged, like you're part of a team, you're a team player with your dog. So. Let's go into more detail as you use some analogies. So for being the more direct and assertive type of leader, that's more like the commando or, and I don't know the ranks in the army, but if your superior tells you to do something, you have to do it sort of thing. He's given you a command and he hasn't asked you to do it. Hey, get down and give me 10 push-ups sort of thing. He's not going, do you reckon you can do 10 push-ups? He's told you to do it. If you don't do it, another 10. So that's sort of direct, assertive. I know what I want and I basically want you to do it now. And then you have the engaged team player as if you were dancing with somebody. So if you were to dance something like the waltz or like the salsa, so that's like a it's a two-person sort of dance. Um, one person leads, the other person follows. No one's being assertive in the... F- in the way of do this and do this now, it's it's I go one way, you follow me, and it becomes more flowing. I feel that one of them's more masculine, being the direct assertive, and one's being more feminine, being more um, flowing and artistic. Not to be male or female, it's masculine and feminine. We all have these qualities, and we have to balance those qualities within us, and we have strengths and then um, in our personality, and then we have to work on our weaknesses for them to be strong. Because if we don't address these two sorts of leadership and find balance with the both, then it's going to be hard for you to communicate with your dog. So when will we use these two different types of leadership? So let's understand the word command. When we say, do you teach your dog commands? We're not ask, We're not teaching dog requests. When I say once, okay, let me go back one more step further. When I'm teaching a command, like with a puppy or a young dog that doesn't know how to sit and down, like I'm not forcing them to do anything. I've got food in my hand and I lure it and I make it all fun and games. The dog follows my hand. He gets good things from it. When I lure the dog into a sit, we reward, we praise, we play big games. And essentially, all training should be fun and engaging and, and like that. But But the truth of the matter is that there's times where once the dog knows the command and I've told you to do it, you must do it. And especially when it comes to everyday pet owners, we're not going to get into the full depths of motivation and harnessing your dog's drive to be really cool. Like that's for more the working style, even though we do influence that sort of training within our pet dog stuff. What I mean is that if you're Adam walking down the street and you have your dog and you get to the lights, you tell him to sit, like you don't ask him 50 times and then, oh, well, it doesn't matter. 
Like if the dog knows a command and you know he can do it, but this time he chooses not to because there's a dog in the distance that he's looking at. If I say sit in this direct assertive manner, I apply the pressure and, and then follow through basically. It'd be nice if I can still get his attention. Hey, pooch, sit. And then you can do it that way without using anything physical, but you're telling him, hey, I need you to sit. I'm not asking. There's no, if there's a speech bubble above our head, there's no question mark. It's a full stop. Where when we're teaching the puppy at the beginning, there's none of that. We don't want to overwhelm them with like, my gosh, it's too much pressure and too much. Uh, I'm, I'm getting too stressed out because I, you're telling me to do something that I don't know. So it's all about becoming engaged and, and being the team player. You know, you, you, you want to develop a team from your dog. And then also you want to take control over that team and be like, cause if you're a team of a, a captain of a team in basketball, it's like, Hey, no, 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 John, you're going this way. I'm going to go this way. I'll pass it to you. Like that's engaging. But then he's taken on that leadership, direct assertiveness in the moment. So you'll need to know when to do that, when not to do that. Because if it's too direct and assertive all the time and there's no love and fun in it, then there's no motivation from the dog. If it's all fun and games and fun, 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 but then you don't have to do it, well, then there's no respect from your dog. So, you know, heaps of respect and you're too rigid, then you lose it. If you're too open and flowing and too like, oh, yeah, she'll be all right sort of thing, well, then you don't have it either. So... Too much of anything, as we know, can um, can spoil what you're trying to do. So when will I do it? It depends on, and this doesn't come to just commands. Obviously, this comes to jumping on you, for example. So I just came from a client just then. We walk into the backyard and the dog's all over the kids. And mum's standing there watching. It's like, no, you take control over the situation. There you should be a direct and assertive t- to communicate to the dog. You don't jump on my young children. If they were 20-something years old, I'd say, hey, I'll give them the technique. But the kid's only like 12 years old, so I can guide him and show him. But he may not know how to be assertive yet. And him being assertive, he may screw it up. The dog challenges him. Then you got confusion. And then we got stress. So in that scenario, we take on direct assertiveness, and that will come from mum. In that case, today, it came from me. I'm standing there. We put a dog on the lead because the dog wasn't just jumping a little bit. Like the staff is jumping and pushing the poor kid and grabbing his shoelaces and pulling. Like it was too much. So, um, so there I don't have the, I want to teach a dog what to do, but when the dog's in such a high intense state of mind, it can be a little bit hard. So I'll, I'll run you through how I use both in that one particular situation. Cause right now we jumping should never be allowed. Then I can say, yes, you can teach a dog to jump. So my dogs know jump up and they'll jump on me, but only when I've invited them up. But in this case, we want to provide a straight up correction for that behavior and then reward the behavior you do want. So we engage in team player in regards to when all four paws on the floor, I say, yes, I give you food. When you jump up on somebody, I have the lead on, I'm going to use the lead and I'm going to do give a correction, a sharp pop on the lead and pull the dog off. So I corrected the dog three times. I rewarded the dog probably 50 times. And by the, not even within five minutes, literally five minutes, the dog was just standing around looking at us, waiting for us to reward. So then we got in engaged mode and we go, hey, we're going to, because the dog didn't know a down, didn't know a recall, doesn't know how to lure, doesn't have a marker. So we're starting fresh with eight month old dog and the dog can sit. So we're playing these games. We're engaging. The dog was so fulfilled within five minutes. The dog was like, I wouldn't say panting, tired, panting as in, wow, stimulated. The dog doesn't need to jump and get the, the heart ticking because we've engaged with the dog and we make this fun game. Now, if that happens and I've given them homework for every time the kids go into the backyard for the first week or two, have mum present so she can take control and not overwhelm the kids and communicate to the dog, hey, you're not allowed to jump on my kids. 
But then if they play this game, the dog, like when we practice this, we stood on the outside of the gate. They walked in, came out. I did, we did two things. We had the lead on. So every time the dog had all four paws on the floor, he would mark and reward. The first time I had to come and say, ah, and then give the correction. But then he started to see me mimicry. He started doing it. The dog jumped up. He said, no. And he gave the correction. The dog got off immediately. He marked and rewarded. And then within like three or four times walking back in, there was no more jumping. The dog was looking forward to it. And then from there, we, um, what will happen over the next few weeks is the dog's like, wow, we're engaged, team player, let's play. And the dog's going to be looking more forward towards that. But then we still have to have the tools in our, in our um, toolbox to be able to, to communicate you're not allowed to do that. So I'm not one or the other. Um, I am certainly both. And we also have to understand that being a team player with your dog, making that there's like a unit of, of fun, the dog needs to be looking forward to that because that's how you motivate somebody. Like, for example, if you were to play the game of sport basketball, we'll go with the same analogy, is that like it has to be fun enough for you to want to take orders from the, the captain. Otherwise, why would you listen? If, if, your, if your enjoyment wasn't about playing the game, and then winning, then you wouldn't listen to the leader. So it's the same thing with this dog. Doesn't go for many walks of one that I saw today. Hasn't been going for many walks because it can't walk very nicely on the lead. We did some loose lead walking, got used to the martingale collar very, very quickly. The dog really picked up. Awesome dog, massive potential. Now it's about consistency. Now when it comes to the walk, the dog was already super engaged and motivated, but not from me, from the outside world, sniffing the ground and wanting to jump on people. So I had to be direct in that moment to be like, Stay next to me. But when you're next to me, we play games and we have a lot of fun. So the dog looks forward to the engagement in that time. But also the dog is already super motivated. Sometimes trying to engage and play too much, we can kind of lose them as well. So you've got to have those structures and those boundaries in place to be like, these are the rules. You must stay within the rules. If you follow these rules more, we go for more walks. We go for more experiences outside of the house. And that's how it goes. Engage time for playing and training and developing skills of sit stays, down stays, recall, bed command, all the other tricks, playing tug, doing all those fun things because that's how we motivate the dog to do it. And then when we need it to happen outside of training, even though every interaction with your dog is training, your dog's learning every second it's looking at you. Remember that every dog's trying to benefit its own situation from second to second. So you got to really realize that dog wants something, you need to make it motivated to follow you so it can't all be fun and games it can't be all about being too strict and being a tyrant you want to have a good balance of both so um and that's like some fundamentals of what does being a good leader mean but there's a lot more to that um and if you listen to the rest of our episodes talking about um giving your dog a job structured loose lead walking how to master your castle how to fulfill your puppy's needs and having good management, like doing all these things, that's part of being a good leader. But directly when you're face-to-face with the dog, think about having a good mix of being the sergeant and having a good mix of being the team player. You're, you're having fun. You're dancing with your dog. So, um, and, and that's kind of mixing both that masculine and that feminine. It's that yin and yang concept. Have a good balance. And that way then we can um, communicate to our dogs effectively. And then from there, when the dog learns a certain behavior he's not allowed to do, it invests its energy into the fun games. And that's what you get from your dog when you call it to come. Like when I call Nuki to come, she knows that she has to come to me. But now I've made, and I've talked about this in other episodes, that 
I was still keeping it up because her recoil needs to be stronger. So when I'm out, I let the long lead or her lead be loose up somewhere. She's sniffing something. She's engaged with somebody. I say, come. She comes to me. I drop that ball. We have fun. Sometimes. Other times I say, come. The dog comes. I give her a pat. We continue walking. So through this sort of different ways of training and then also being direct, assertive, engaged, and team playing all together, our dogs respect us, love us, and want to have fun with us. So that's a wrap-up for today's Q&A. Adam, I hope that answers your question. And um, just as always, please, you know, if you like what you're hearing, share, share this with your friend and, um, you know, obviously leave us a comment. That'll be really cool for us, any feedback. And, um, you know, of course, rev- um, give us a good review and check us up on Instagram and Facebook. Until then, have an awesome day and much love to you all. Hope you're all staying safe. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches Thank you and stay tuned for next time.